Hello and welcome to Stirring the Pot, Entertainment Sue's premier popular culture podcast. As always, I'm your host, Eric Emmanuel Jean-Baptiste, the first and the last. Today we have Sam and John. And ladies and gentlemen, we're finally here. Today we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. Um we've we've each watched it a few times. Um, and we're ready to kind of dish and talk about this entire thing. Before we begin this episode, we'd like to remind you that this is brought to you in part by Entertainment Sue's very own shirt stop at entertainmentsue.com slash shop. We currently have several different designs, including Zam's very own Rainbow Saiyans collection. And this exclusive set, get a rainbow assortment of different Saiyans across various colored shirts. So grab the entire collection until they disappear forever at the end of the year. This week, use the code Snyder Cut to get 15% off your order at entertainmentsoosh.com slash shop. So, let's jump right into it. The Snyder Cuts. Before we go and break down through our uh, review system, uh, let's go into general thoughts. John, what are your general thoughts on the film? I was... I'm conflicted about the Snyder Cut because I, I'll say, okay, very, very general. I enjoyed it uh, and I liked it. And it's uh, better than the, the, the so-called Justice League, the original theatrical release edited by uh, Joss Whedon. Um, and it, it, I was talking to some other friends of mine about this and uh, it, it was surprising that I think some of my misconceptions about maybe Zack Snyder have been changed where I, I felt like he wasn't you know great for directing some of these superhero movies I think he really can tell a very engaging superhero story. It's just he needs four hours to get it done. Uh, and it's, you know, it's weird for me to think about, but uh, had it not been for the fact that there was a Joss Whedon cut and then this big online promotion for the Snyder cut, where Zack Snyder really had the opportunity to, to go and kind of indulge all of his, his whims with this thing, I think what likely would have happened is he'd have given this to the, the studio, they would have said, at least make it three hours. Give us that. And he would have cut it down to three hours and it would have been kind of strange and it wouldn't have flowed as well. And people would have said, eh, that was fine. Uh, and we would have moved on. So I think it's this, this movie, this length and this you know full only happens if there's a release the Snyder Cut movement. So I completely agree with that. Um, my thoughts on the movie uh, kind of in a sense mirror yours. Um, I have been first off going back, I didn't believe in the Snyder Cut. Um, I was one of those naysayers that's like, yeah, it definitely doesn't exist. In fact, in one of the stirring the pots, I go on a tie, I go on a tirade, and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't exist. Stop trying to will it into existence. Well, it existed, yeah. and I was wrong. Uh, I do I do want to give a correction because I was kind of somewhere in the middle on that where I think everyone acknowledged Zack Snyder had the film. He had the four hours of raw photography, uh, but th this movie did not exist in any capacity when when this first when this campaign first started. You know, I mean, again, Warner Brothers had to throw seventy million dollars at this. I think the campaign definitely wheel did wheel it did will it into existence. and you know this stuff was all there. But, it, you know, at no point, like if, if when this first started a week 
after hashtag release the Snyder Cut, uh, Warner Brothers had said, done, put it out. This is not what would have happened. That's so I, I do want to give you credit there, Derek, in the sense of this movie did not exist when the campaign started. And it, it needed tons of money and Zack Snyder for going uh, any kind of further payment uh, to make this happen. Um, which isn't to say that there isn't some credit for people who saw it coming, but you know, it, being realistic, this just didn't exist when people were asking for it at first. Um, as someone that has loved me, I, I, I unironically love Man of Steel. Um, to prepare uh, Sam for the Snyder Cut, I, I forced her to sit, I, I forced her to sit down and watch the director's cut of Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, Batman v Superman, and then finally um, uh, Whedon's Justice League in preparation oh, for the Snyder Cut. And I gotta say, uh, Man of Steel, outside of like the weird disdain that it feels like Zack Snyder has for Superman, is a great film. It's it's a pretty good movie. I'll give him that. Uh, Batman v Superman. There, there, was a lot of, there, there was a lot of stuff in the director's cut that I'm just like, huh, no wonder this was cut. Um, but also, yeah. uh, things don't make sense unless you have this information from that was cut from the director's cut. Yeah. You know, because I'll say this. You need to watch the three-hour cut. I, I, after seeing this, there's a part of me. It's like, I, I want to see the Snyder cut of Batman v Superman. What's the four-hour you know, mini-series of that movie that has to exist because Zack Snyder makes that kind of movie? I'm curious what that would have looked like. Give him another hour in that story. There'd probably be something interesting there. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> a bad movie remains a whole other discussion, uh, but it definitely lays out some of the, the issues that led to the Snyder Cut happening. And in comparison between, so I'm not saying um, Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League is a tour de force. I'm not saying it's like, because I've seen a lot of reviewers call it like, a pure art film no which I, I don't think it is um in comparison to josh whedon's justice league which me and sam watched like a few hours before we actually watched the uh actual cider cut oh my god it it's it, really it, it deserves an oscar this movie yeah. is, it does it i was surprised because i revisited justice league after watching this and i was shocked at one uh when you look at the time stream one the fact that percentage wise the movies cover roughly the same stuff like it, you know halfway into the justice league they're at the big hostage scene where steppenwolf has silas stone and about two hours in they're there with uh the snyder cut and it was so weird to me revisiting that movie and i was like you can go the entire runtime of the joss whedon justice league and not get to um that uh that plot point that is like the halfway climax in in the other it, it's it's mind-boggling how how different they are in some respects and i i was originally i was i was originally against the idea of zack snyder's justice league um being a miniseries because like, no release it all yeah. at once don't release it like a mm -hmm. week at a time yeah um i think it would have been really good a week at a time i i I'll say this, and I'll, I'll give you a second to finish the thought. I don't think a week at a time would have been good, but I think in a miniseries format would have been better. Uh, maybe I'm stuck on a week at a time because we just finished WandaVision, and yeah. honestly, that um, wait between like each episode was like just filled with discussion with Sam and I. Where it's yeah. just like, oh. I feel like it's better like to have a week at a time just so you have 
time to actually dissect small like every single part of I I think that would have worked had the Justice League not existed. But I think the issue here is we know the plot. Regardless of the extra stuff that happens, we know exactly what goes on in the movie. And and there are things that are different. And there are actually characters who have different endings. And, and, you know, some characters live who died and some characters died who lived. Um, So there are, you know, uh, changes to be made. But for the most part, it would have... I can't imagine... He said, like, a four-part miniseries. I can't imagine waiting four weeks for you know like an hour of a, of a movie that i've already seen um uh, yeah you're right there because dragon i i guess literally dragon ball super did the same thing where mm. the the first two movies with the, with the name dragon ball super were transformed into the anime and the first yeah. two movies became the first 25 episodes mm-hmm. and you just watch that so yeah, yeah so that, that wouldn't have worked I think, because, and now I'll get into a little bit of personal stuff here. I'm doing a, a recut of the Snyder Cut, uh, the, the the Snyder and McGee Cut, if you will. Uh, and it's basically, because uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, Zack Snyder wanted to keep it a miniseries, but there were some legal issues in terms of contracts and, you know, re- releasing a movie show, a movie compared to a TV show. And so he ended up not doing that. Oh, um, okay. Um, yes, I'm trying to, I was like, well, what would this look like as a miniseries? If we're trying to keep with his actual kind of vision that he wanted to release. Uh, and I think it, it really helped. I, I did a little bit of reordering on my end as well. But I think having those beats where you, just because four hours, some people I've seen online, a lot of people saying, this doesn't feel like a uh, four hour movie. It feels like a two hour movie. It does not. This is four hours and you feel it. I feel it. Um, Especially those first two acts. Oh God, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this. I was into it. I was watching with a bunch of my friends. We were having a, a good time, but you feel the four hours. Like at, at, at about two hours in, uh, we didn't really quite realize yet. We we're like, we paused and it's like, we need to take a break. We need to stop for a minute and just, and, and get our bearings. Dude, I, I fell asleep in the middle of the second hour. Um, and then we didn't pick it up again until like what, 12 o'clock in the morning before I had to go to school, before I had to go to work the next day. Yeah. And then we, it's like, I was like, no, no, we're finishing this tonight. Like, I know how this film ends. I don't want any spoilers. So we're, we're finishing this yeah. now. It, it's it, it, yeah it's definitely something that you have you have to get through it but i think it's worth it um and i think you know in in talking about uh real quick again comparing to the justice league uh something i didn't expect was this was i felt funnier i thought that there were it, it was just the, the jokes landed better and I, I liked them more and all of the jokes that i really liked from the original cut ended up being from this one um and you know a lot of the jokes that i think didn't land as well ended up being from joss whedon's stuff because i remember one of my favorite bits that wasn't in the, the theatrical cut is uh it's slight spoilers when they break into star labs there's a bit where the flash is talking to aquaman and he's disguised as a soldier and he's he's trying on hats and he says uh option a or and aquaman cuts him off and says definitely not a and he's like or option b and aquaman looks at him takes a drink and says can i see a again yeah, that it's uh, those little moments of humor where it also yeah. where it just feels organic. Yeah, and it's it's one thing that I've always liked from DC over Marvel, not in terms of some of their movies they've done, but in in their characters overall, where the Avengers always felt like coworkers, and they've made jokes about that in, in the movies. Whereas the Justice League just kind of felt like some buddies who were like they all showed up and happened to be superheroes on the same day, and like they just they started hanging out. Uh, and I really get that vibe from this cut of the movie where 
you know, there isn't some government agency that's assembled a team. It's Batman is like, all right, I need some cool people. Um, and from there, uh, they just kind of hang out. And they're just kind of, they're just doing stuff. And I think that works really well. Um, Sam, what were your thoughts of the film? Oh, um, you guys both just said them. So I, I didn't think <laughs> I'd, I'd pick up. Um, I was surprised how much I liked it only because the Josh Whedon version was really bad. And there was a lot of things that just didn't make sense yeah. in context. And I hate that I had to watch a four hour movie to get that context. Um, That's fair. Um, I'm like, the thing is, me personally, I'm like, if you have to tell a story in four hours, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I feel like it's a lot of time to flesh out these characters. And I kind of preferred if they were all introduced. Sim like, I don't know if I would prefer this, but like how with, with um, Marvel, all the characters have their own movie to establish how these characters act instead of having all that happen in one movie and kind of taking focus away. Um, but I'm not sure if I'm not sure if I prefer it. Just like I haven't seen it, or if I'm just yeah, saying that because yeah. Because I I think I think what DC did could does could work because the thing is like for example in a miniseries you only have X amount of episodes to get all these characters like mm -hmm. yeah caught up and I'm just and the thing is for DC characters like Batman Superman and Wonder Woman are more so within the canon of people just know who they are yeah over marvel characters i don't i'll say this i'm oh, sorry go ahead derek i don't need an entire movie to, to let me know who like spy who like wonder woman batman and superman are yeah but they have movies i think it's ironic those are the three that had yeah. those, are the, those are the three that had movies um, but but uh, you know i see what your point is i agree with you on that where i think um with avengers that was very much a crossover movie. That was, we have a bunch of characters who were kind of untested. You know, people didn't know who Iron Man or or even Captain America were when, when these movies came out. They, no one knew, these were obscure characters back in the day, uh, <laughs> as I sound like an old man. Uh, so, and they, they kind of had to test them out on their own, all individually. And then Avengers was this big crossover movie because everything about the Avengers was a crossover. You know, it's uh, the bad guys, the bad guy from Thor. The thing he's stealing is the thing from Captain America. We see, you know, the government agencies from Agents of Sh or from Iron Man, and we see the nothing from the Hulk because Edward Norton didn't come back. Uh, and whereas with Justice League, it's more of a, a story about superheroes, and it's not so much meant to be a crossover, even though it technically is. Uh, it's I, it, to me, it just feels like a continuation of Batman v Superman, and now we're adding in more characters because you figure, you know, with Age of Ultron. Uh, we add in Quicksilver, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Vision, and that's three people who end up being huge in the MCU for the most part. Uh, kind of, so I think it can work. Um, it's just you do need these four hours to tell that story. So, as we share our general thoughts, we're gonna go into and break down the four different sections. Um, just a reminder, as always, uh, our entertainment super review system is scored out of 16 points in four different categories. Plot, construction, themes, and characters. Within each of these four categories, a piece of media can score a gold worth four points, a silver worth three points, a bronze worth two points, and dirt worth one point. Adding all those numbers gives up our final rating for a particular piece of media. 
Um, and since the three of us are reviewing it, we're going to average all of our scores together. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so we want to start with the plot score. Yes. Uh, I'll go first for this one. This is, I think, one of for me, one of the strongest elements of the movie. I gave that a four um, because I think it's what it's one of those things where maybe I'm being a bit generous because I, I'm so familiar with all of it. I'm not. I'm forgetting some of the things it doesn't tell you. Um, but for the most part, with, with the Snyder cut, the plot seemed very well constructed in the sense of okay, Superman just died. Uh, now there are these things called mother boxes. Those just turned on. Here's the three of them. Here's where each of them are in the universe. Uh, you know, there's one with the Amazons, who you know, one with the underwater people, who you get to know, and one with this robot guy from the trailers. Uh, and uh, you're going to find out everything from there. And the movie is pretty straightforward in, in keeping you apprised of what's at stake, how our characters are interacting with these things, uh, what their plans are, and in this new version, what's who Steppenwolf is why he wants them and how he's going about getting them uh and I think it's it, the make, it makes it very clear what's happening and why it's happening and what our characters are doing about it so I give this a four I thought this was really strong okay Sam I want to give it like a three okay I'll give it a three that's fair I feel like I feel like the, in terms of the plot, mm, what do you think they could have improved on? Where was an area of the plot that you think, you know what, they didn't do it well enough here? So I'm trying to remember the movie, because I, I, they put me on a bender. Okay, <laughs> I, I can take the next spot. Yeah, in fair, I will say you, you might have a little bit of overlap with how much because there, there's they show you shots from Batman v Superman in the opening, and you've seen the Justice League and the Snyder Cut. Yeah. If some things are a little hazy yeah. at the moment, that's okay. But I think trust your gut and go with the three. So while while you're thinking about why you're giving it a three, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give my my score. So um, I think I think it's a three for me. I think I think like you say the plot is um, one relatively simple. Um, I feel like it doesn't necessarily shine in its plot. Um, it's simple and no, it go it it has exactly what it's going for. There's a bunch of Zack Snyder um, narrative bloat within the film, but um, yeah. I think that part of that slows the film down for me a bit too much. Um, but I think the plot knew where it was going. Um, it knew exactly how it was going to get there. And, um, like, let's talk about a scene compared to the Whedon cut, where in the Whedon cut, it isn't, it, it, it isn't done well enough to me to explain how they got from um, introducing the mother box that Cyborg had to bringing back Superman, where I, I thought the scene where they got to that idea was really good in the yeah. in the Snyder cut. Hey, that that's honestly one of my favorite scenes because it, the way it's done is is very well. Where it's you know uh, they're they're slowly describing the mother boxes, getting the audience familiar with them. And it's one of those things where I think the audience members, obviously, at this point we know Superman comes back to life. But if you're watching the movie for the first time, I could you know someone who's never seen any version of this, I could see them coming to the realization: Could you bring someone back to life with that? 
And then as they it slowly pans around the table playing the Man of Steel theme song. Yeah. It you know it's very well done in uh, organically just being everyone's thinking it flash even said you know everyone's thinking this right now we're going to bring back superman with this and they they perfectly explain how you can do it and it's something that just completely makes sense um there's one part there's one part of the plot that was ruined for me um and it was the use of john jones the martian manhunter oh hang on uh, one second. I, I need. I need to drop my plot down to a three. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I'm. I'm. I've. I wrote out of my memory that Martian Manhunter was in this movie. I need to retroactively make my score a three. Um, it ruined a great moment for me, which was like, oh, the two women in Clark's life come together and are comforting each other. Um, yeah. And the and Martha's asking Lois, uh, "Hey, it's time to move on." Um, and then it was undercut by, "Yeah, that wasn't Martha at all." Yeah, I remember in that moment because I knew this was happening. I remember years ago when uh, when Snarka came out and he released storyboards of that scene that it was Martian Manhunter all along. I remember thinking, "What are you doing, Zack Snyder? You're just making stuff up. That's weird." Uh, and so going into this while I was watching with my friends, I rem- I knew this was going to happen. And I was like, no way, like, this is so personal and so in-depth and so emotional. It's a great scene. You know, it's the only scene Martha has lines in in the whole movie. No way this is it. And it, when, when uh, John Jones appeared, everyone I was watching this immediately broke out laughing hysterically. Uh, because none of us could believe that this was happening. Yeah. That's... It almost seemed like I didn't understand why it would be Martian Manor. I was like, it doesn't make... Like what motive? What kind of yeah. character? So my my understanding of this is because he's General Swanwick, and every mm-hmm. instance of General Swanwick in Man of Steel and Batman the Superman is supposed to have been Martian Manhunter all along. Oh, he, so, it, he, so it wasn't just like oh he died and Martian Manhunter took his space. It's literally that's Martian Manhunter the entire time. That might have been it pre Man of Steel, but Zack Snyder's confirmed in every movie it's Martian Manhunter. Um. Which is to say that he has a personal relationship with Lois, and I get the concept of, oh, you know, Martian Manhunter just knows Lois, and he just feels bad for her and wants to connect with her. Um, but it was done horribly, uh, and it was it it ruins a scene with Martha and kind of retcons her almost out of the movie. Aside from a scene where she hugs Clark and she drives away from the farm, yeah. um, and it, it it does not explain his presence nearly enough. The only payoff to that is in essentially a post-credits scene, which thankfully he didn't actually make post-credits, where Martian Manhunter talks to Bruce Wayne briefly. Uh, if he, if Martian Manhunter had been in the final fight somehow, I think I could have excused it, but it's a character you could delete, you could completely remove from the movie and probably make it better. Yeah, I agree. Also, um, at the end, was that, that, that was Ben Affleck, right? That wasn't like someone CGI'd Ben Affleck's face on a he looked uh, weird. Yeah, he looked weird, right? And Affleck looked yeah, weird when he was meeting Martian Manhunter. I'm not sure why. That's just been out, uh, baby. But yeah, so overall, our, our plot ends up being a, a collective three. We all roll that way. Um, which I think is fair for this narrative. Now that I think about it. Because there are also, I think, there's a lot of kind of stall moments in the movie that I think, had it not been for the, the excess of Martian Manhunter, 
I think I could have looked over for a goal and that they don't really slow it down too much. Um, but that really, that does really put me over the top there. Okay. The next category is construction. All right, Derek, do you want to lead us off on this one? Yeah, I'll take construction. Um, I, uh, me, honestly, I, Sam, do you mind if I go ahead and say your score? Because we, me, me and her, this is the only one that score that me and her, me and Sam talked about beforehand. Um, oh. We got about an hour and a half into the film. We were like, yeah, it's going to get a four in construction. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Like, it's, it's based on a four squarely because of the cinematography for us. It's beautiful. Cinematography is like, beautiful. I, I think, I think, so I'm, I'm going to say, I know it sounds like I hate Zack Snyder. I think almost... For my personal taste in cinematography, I think no one touches Zack Snyder in visuals of a movie. Unquestionable. Absolutely. I, I, um, I think he's magnificent. Yeah, I think when it comes to especially converting comic books into a live action medium, I think he's he does stellar in that regards. There are tons of shots in this movie. Uh, the one that always comes to mind for me is in Batman v Superman where there's a bit where Batman up against the roof and he's got his grappling hook out and the lightning strike hits against him and it's a recreation of Dark Knight Returns because the scene in the comic wouldn't really work in a live action sense and he, yeah. he reconfigures it and sets it up in the perfect way to where he makes it happen and it looks cool. Um, and you know, I, I've always said, I think not to rag on Zack Snyder, he gets the visuals perfectly but doesn't fully understand what they mean um but if he was like director of photography uh, or like it was managing principal photography for any kind of superhero movie i think it's gonna look beautiful yeah like because uh, that's absolutely what he is, is really good at i remember the scene in man of no i think it was Batman v superman where it was like superman like saves a village in mexico oh the and, that, and it was, that was like Batman v superman yeah it was gorgeous the way it was like shot yeah and i really appreciate the kind of imagery yeah. there's a lot of christian imagery even, it's but it's really nice. The, even in Superman is just Jesus always. The Superman second flight scene. Oh my God! Beautiful from Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, to oh. keep it focused on this movie. Um, oh no, I, I was talking about the scene from this movie when Superman first puts on the black suit, and then oh, we have the suit. We we get the voiceover from both of his dads over the background. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, this is and this is gonna sound a little strange. I gave it a three on construction, oh. um, which is not to say anything regarding the special effects uh, of Steppenwolf, which were hands down some of the. I, I, you know, I, I would say go toe to toe with Thanos in, uh, or perhaps even better than Thanos in the terms of Steppenwolf. The CGI alone, the, the fact that that team did this in however long it took them is stellar, genuinely amazing, incredibly emotive. Um, I made a couple jokes when I was watching the movie that all of this, you know, all of the 70 million went straight to Steppenwolf because you can see the ball drop in other areas. Um, I noticed even while I was watching a lot of the fight scenes, we get kind of rubbery. It reminded me almost of the Matrix Reloaded. I don't know if this is just me or if it's just the thing I was watching on. Um, oh, that's but Wonder Woman. She Wonder looked, Woman model did not look great. It didn't look great. In yeah, there, it, I think the hostage scene in particular, she's running mm -hmm. around a lot. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, for exactly me, it's it. you know, you know the, the 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 cinematography is amazing. Steppenwolf in particular is great. Uh, Desaad and Darkseid also really well done. I think uh, they were very judicial and the money because Steppenwolf 
is in the movie a lot more than whatever, you know, CGI model of Batman is during a fight. So I think they absolutely focused on what they needed to. Um, but it, you know, the fact is there was a ball dropped in other areas. Um, and I am also including, I think, some of the, the story organization in this movie uh, because it, to me, there were a lot of times where it felt like we were cutting away from the action at a weird moment or you know, uh, focusing on something different and it really stopped the momentum for me. Uh, and so I would say for the most part, I think it's really well constructed, but there, there were there were noticeable areas where they definitely could have improved. So I, I give this a three. Ah, uh, you're right. You're, the thing that's is, fair. the thing is, that's fair. Yeah, the thing I is, really we were we were like stuck on Zack Snyder's like cinematography that we forgot about like the actual mm. CGI aspect. And also, so I like, had a, we were complaining about it the whole time. We were complaining about the C, the some of the CGI parts the whole, uh, the whole time, and I was complaining about the weird pacing that the editing gave it. This movie, sadly, was, I think, just a little poorly paced um, in, in that. I think that also, uh, you know, it's, it, I can't get into it exactly because it's been too long for me to remember the specific ordering, but I just remember there are moments where we're getting into the action, really going, and it just cuts to something kind of random, um, which I think it was, what was happening was it was front-loading a lot of the setup and then getting to the action. Uh, but it made that front loading really a slog to get through. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna adjust mine to a three. That's fair. I will also adjust mine to a three because I completely forgot we complained about that the whole time. Yeah, we we like it took us out of it a lot. Like, oh, also one thing I hated. No, I'm not gonna drop it for a two for this, but I wish uh, I could. Um, Wonder Woman's new theme, the new like beginning part to our theme, the ancient lamentation music. Yeah, it was so distracting for me. It's distracting because the thing is, I was like, the first time I was like, wow, this is really cool, and then it kept okay. happening whenever an Amazonian did something. Okay, yeah, it's like this whenever... is really important. Yeah, did you guys watch the movie with subtitles on? Yeah, we did. Okay, so you guys, I also watched it with subtitles. My friends and I, almost like a drinking game, anytime an Amazonian did anything, it would play that theme and quickly the subtitles would pull up ancient lamentation music. And like ha when we got two hours into the movie, we would just yell out, lamentation! It was just it was <laughs> funny just seeing that pop up all the time. So that was a huge running gag for us. And it ended up being, it's funny, it, it turned out to be one of my favorite elements of the movie because of how much fun we had watching it that way. It, it it was really distracting because the thing is, for me personally, I was just like, yeah, um, one was on the screen for two seconds, time to roll in the music. <laughs> the thing is, you yeah. really felt it in the last fight yeah. because it's just like, it's like, it's <laughs> it focused on something else. It focused on Flash and like um, yeah. Aquaman doing something. Wonder Woman like shows up for a second. It starts. It's like it's like the enemy. It, it almost feels like the enemies feel. It's like the uh, enemies feel her coming because it's just like you hear the ancient lamentation music as Batman's driving through the city, and then Wonder Woman clotheslines some monsters. It reminds me of like when you yeah. hear boss music when you're like, "Oh, where's the boss coming from?" Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's really distracting. I won't knock yeah. it out for a two for this, but it's yeah, it, it's it's still gonna get a three because. It worked, especially when they cut off uh, uh, Seven Wolf's head. That, um, yeah, it it works. He, I was like hearing that drum line in that moment really brought home kind of the uh, you know uh, Wonder Woman avenging her Amazonian sisters element of yeah. you know like the the Amazons send their regards, pal. Um, 
and that kind of thing where it's yeah there are moments where you feel the because especially because there's a bit where you see the amazons actually drumming out that drum line and there are times when it works if it'd been done more judiciously way less often i think that would have been really cool where you could feel kind of the force of the amazons behind her um but he just he, he pulls all the the force out of that punch by using it so often Okay, uh, so next we can move on to themes. Uh, um, I, oof. I, this, is, this is my worst score of the movie. This I is also my worst, too. I want to give it a one. Um, <laughs> were, there, were, were there themes in this movie? I can't think of, I, I, like, the whole time we were talking about um, construction, I'm like, huh, themes is next. I can't think of anything that I took away from the movie in terms of, like... We're stronger together. It, it, yeah, it's very simple themes. Uh, to the point where it's, you know, uh, the strong man is strongest alone. You ever heard that? No. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, I've never it, it, heard it, that before. You're right. Uh, <laughs> one thing, there are some lines that I really liked from the, the Joss Whedon Justice League. One of them in particular is Batman's response to that is, that's the opposite of what the saying is. <laughs> He's like, that's not a saying. That's the opposite of what the saying is. <laughs> I, I definitely felt that of, no, Aquaman. <laughs> I've not heard that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, is uh, again it goes back to with Zack Snyder, very beautiful movies. There isn't much underneath that. I think the, the theme in this one was uh, people got to work together sometimes when there's giant aliens trying to explode the world. Whenever they uh, want, and they do. Gotta... In fairness, you know uh, they they don't all work together in the beginning. They learn some things, uh, mostly about the world's going to explode, and then they work together at the end. And that's that's themes kind of. Uh, there was enough there that I think they he got a two out of me in that and how they connected it um, a bit more artfully than I said just then, but not much more. Um, I there's actually another there's two Josh Whedon lines that I miss. Um, the first one was when when Bruce said that Clark was more human than he ever could be. Oh yes, yeah. Um, love that line to just just, really just to get that dynamic out. Um, second line, which I felt helped with the core like message of the movie, where um, I didn't like how inexperienced Josh Whedon's version of the Flash was, but I really enjoyed when Batman told him, "Just save one." Yes, I love that scene because the thing uh, is, I feel like when it gets down to it. Yes, the movie's theme is simple. They're just trying to save the world. But in the yeah. microcosm, they're at least trying to save one person. Mm-hmm. And that would be enough. Yeah, and I like that. I would say Joss Whedon, I think, had some really great lines, which I wasn't expecting. Because uh, there was another bit with Cyborg, where he says, uh, it, you know, Diana's talking about the gifts that he has. And he says, if these are gifts, why am I the one paying for them? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was a bar. Which I thought was a really a great Cyborg line. Um, and there's a, a particular one after Superman comes back and flies off. Uh, Wonder Woman is talking to Batman about it. And there's a moment where it's like, you know, he, he could have killed you just then, you know, and uh, Batman looks at her and he said, I was willing to make that trade. Uh, and, and he was saying, you know, um, I thought that was really well done. Uh, but it, 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 Zack Snyder definitely pulls some of that in a little bit. Uh, the scene where they're all deciding to bring him back to life. One thing I really liked is Batman saying, you know, there are six of us, not five. Uh, this doesn't work without Superman. You know, the, the, the world needs Superman. And I thought, I, I like that. So I, I got, he got a little bit from me on that. Um, I really wish 
like the thing is i know superman chose the black suit because um so i actually looked up zach said that he would choose the black suit because the black suit represents his family and his like kryptonian family and how this is personal for that family so that's why superman wears the black suit um sure and uh, yeah that's absolutely sure but for that iconic Superman shot of him like ripping open his, his like, shirt and seeing the yeah. black suit, why, why not switch back to the classic? I, I thought yeah. that'd be the I thought that'd be the the red the red and blue as well. Um, I feel bad because the only reason I like I don't like the black suit for Superman, but also seeing like black suit like black suit Superman next to Dark Knight, I'm like, huh, this looks bad. It's like one of us has to change. We're dressed. We look too similar. We need to, <laughs> we, one of us needs to change. We can't both be in black. Um, but they have long yeah, black I, capes. I don't know. I I like black suit Superman for the quick because obviously you know it's the sort the suit he wore in the comics when he came back to life. Um, give him black suit Superman. Let him sh- come back in that, but have him wear the regular suit at the end of the movie. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, also, weird question. Um, I know. I know. We all want to do it. Um, do I complain about Joker on the themes part or on the characters part? Ooh, let's wait till characters. Okay. Because I also want to complain about him. I feel like, yeah, um, characters fits and, better. Uh, yeah, so, so themes overall. My score was a two. What did you guys score it as? One. A one. That's fair. I think that's that. Okay, so right now, our average scores have been uh, three for plot, three for construction, and one for themes, which so far I think is pretty accurate for the for the, mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut. Uh, moving into characters, Derek, start us off on characters. What did you, what did you rate? So um, let's see the scores, and then we'll get into it. Cause I feel like we all have a lot to say about this one. Three. I said four. Mm. Um, honestly, I was gonna say four, but uh, I was also that nightmare scene hurt me. <laughs> it did. Sam, what was your score? And we can get into uh, it. The thing I was gonna give it a three, but. I might give it a two. I'm on a the fence. Two. The thing is, the only characters that I actually think were like fleshed out very well was like Cyborg, Cyborg, and like the Flash. Okay, we'll, we'll get into this. We we can get it. So yeah. So if you change your mind later on uh, with some of our discussions, feel free. But right now we're looking at an average score of three, which I think is also pretty fair. Uh, if we end up leaving at that, uh, let's get into the nightmare scene because oh boy, <laughs> um, that. So maybe I maybe I was cranky because um, I watched it. <laughs> it was super like two early. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it annoyed me. Um, so it's like, first off, it me- this this is just a construction thing. It, for me, it messed with the pacing of the film. Like I know it's supposed to be the epilogue, but it just kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it was. It just showed up. Like Bruce Wayne, what are you thinking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, was a, there was a brief nightmare scene earlier in the movie. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought that it was those scenes are just going to be connected, but no. Yeah, I remember oh. just to, just before you get too far into this, I remember watching this with you know with my friends, and we were getting into you know the last twenty minutes here, and I remember thinking to everyone, uh, a friend of mine said. I never thought I'd say this in a four-hour movie, but we're running out of time, Zack Snyder. Where are all these characters you you added in? <laughs> um. Well, here they here they were. Um, yeah. Oh man! Before we get to the nightmare scene, 
Um, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. I hated it. I thought he did better than in Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor makes me hate Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg, if you're listening to this right now, it's on site. He, he, oh, man. He did do better. He, he improved. Better. He, he improved, but the thing is, the way that he talks and I got help, and the stunts, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's so, like, as someone who's, like, such a big fan of Lex Luthor, it's so, like, I, I can appreciate alternative takes, but. Yeah. Too uh, alternative. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, my favorite joke regarding the casting of Lex Luthor has always been uh, Eisenberg. No, I wanted Heisenberg, because it feels like a role meant for Brian Cranston. Wow, Brian Cranston would have done amazing. He'd killed it, right? Um, I love Deathstroke. Deathstroke's amazing. Yeah, Joe Manganiello is a, is fantastic. Um, he's really good. Forgot his husband. He's, he's great. Uh, I because oh, I've always withheld. I I kind of like Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad, and I withheld judgment because you know what? He didn't meet Batman, and you can't fairly judge a Joker if he's never met Batman. So I was like, eh, he's okay, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say too much about him. Well, he met Batman, and oh my god, I hate it so much. I can definitively <laughs> say he's the worst ever Joker of all time ever, um, and I, I hated every second of it. And it it it, it was just it was weird. And like I don't know, it, there you can do a weird, creepy Batman and Joker relationship. I think um, the animated film The Dark Knight Returns does this really well, where it's this almost like quasi sexual relationship between the two of them where it's weird and creepy and it's just like but it works on that level um but this did not do that it was just that he was weird and for me and i i'm tempted to drop my character down to a three for batman just for this scene uh okay if you're gonna have a batman that kills i I can't get on board with that but i'll accept it for the movie if you have a batman that kills people and he's holding a gun and he's standing three feet from the joker and the Joker's taunting him about Jason Todd. How do you not kill the Joker? Like, what does what the Joker bring to the table in this post-apocalypse? You've got Mira. You've got what... Deathstroke. You've got Batman <laughs> who's exactly good with guns and That's exactly what I was them. thinking as well. You've got Cyborg and the Flash. What does he bring? Because the, the only thing I could think of that he, that would possibly keep him alive is that the Joker knows something. And they need to kind of, like, drag him exactly. around to, like, get the information or something. Yeah. To piece together I, his nonsense. Because what could, else would you keep him around for what? Exactly. I could see it, you know, if if they'd set it up this way, maybe he's like in a straight jacket and the Joker, you know, is like he's sometimes like Batman when he gets tired of him, he gags him or something. If it'd been, oh, you know, the Joker is so crazy, he's like the cure to the anti-life equation or something. Or it's like they need him for something mm-hmm. uh, to keep him around, but they don't let him just off the chain. But no, he's just a, he's just hanging out. He's just part of the team. And I, um and, and it's was, funny. Sorry, go, go on, ahead. John. I was saying, for me, it was, as a huge Red Hood fan, it made me think of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and there's uh, Red Hood, Under the Red Hood, the animated film with Jensen Ackles. And there's a scene in that where he's like, you know, uh, I thought when the Joker killed me, that would be enough. That would be the day you killed the Joker. And he's like, I'm not saying you need to kill anyone else, just him. And Batman's like, I can't do it. If I cross that line, I'm never going to come back. If I kill even once, I can't come back from that. Um, and, 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 you know, and that's, you know, Red Hood, a former Robin, uh, can't take that answer. Uh, and it makes me think I would love to see the Red Hood movie set in this universe where Batman kind of just kills whoever for no reason, uh, but he doesn't kill the Joker for some reason. 
Like there is no defense for that at that yeah. point. Like if you like, kill whoever you want uh, and you don't kill the Joker, like objectively, that's just, that's yeah. also, why. <laughs> what are you also, doing, Batman? Um, this is this is another Zack Snyder thing. Um, Zack Snyder, he, so DC will say, yes, he killed Jason Todd. If you ask Zack Snyder who Joker killed, um, it was Dick Grayson. Yeah, he said it was Dick Grayson, which I think is, um, it, it, it makes sense to a degree of, you know, Zack Snyder doesn't want uh, a former Robin running around uh, in the universe, but at the same time, Batman's been fighting crime for 20 years. I mean, either this happened pretty recently, uh, in which case he didn't have a partner for a while, which I guess I can get behind, or it happened forever ago, and it's, it, it's weird. Yeah, it's uh, watching their dialogue. Also, um, it reminds me uh, how much, uh, just how much Zack Snyder loves having Batman say "fuck." Yeah. It, it feels like was, this movie was, was only lot. rated R just to have Batman go "fuck" a lot. Yeah, we we could definitely hear him. That was my drinking uh, game. That was yeah, which is a shame because I think the characterization in the rest of the movie is really well done. Steppenwolf is very fleshed out as a villain. I thought I understood him really well. Um, Yeah, a standout villain. Um, I'd say even compared to some of the stuff the MCU does for their villains, Steppenwolf is really good. Um, I think uh, Batman is done really well in terms, whenever the movie is set in the present, uh, a very good job of a guy who is kind of racked with guilt for, for, you know, he didn't kill Superman himself, but he might as well have. Um, You know, I mean, he, he beat the crap out of the guy and he built the weapon that it killed him. Uh, very much and, of an anti-Superman campaign. The entirety. <laughs> yeah, it's so it, I you know there you feel that guilt and and uh, Alfred talks to him about it and the moment there's uh, a chance for uh, for Batman to turn that back he and, you know he he kind of loses his sense of reason to a degree. Yeah, and again Alfred does. brings that up and it's it's really well done and it's just that you know he gets it's Batman's very rarely happy but there's a bit where he's you know it's like. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you, uh, there's no reason to this, uh, Master Bruce. And Batman just says, for once in my life, I'm just going on faith and not reason. And I felt weird about that at first, but to me, it almost strikes as for Batman, he, he can't continue living in the world without Superman, knowing that he took him out of it. And it's like for Batman, it's, this has to work. Cause if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, 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 I can't, I, you know, uh, entertain the thought that this fails. So I'm, I, I'm just going to assume that it works. I need this to work, and and that I thought was a really interesting character. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I went in not expecting for Batman to get much of a story, just like in the Josh Whedon cut. But they yeah. gave him a very deep and personal story all of his own. Um, yeah. It's the same thing with Wonder Woman, who she did not really have a character arc within the Josh Whedon one, but in the Zack Snyder cut, it's very much she has to come to purpose, come to the idea that she has to go out in the world again. Yeah, which I uh, enjoyed as her story. I, I thought I, I thought everyone got their own little turn. You know, uh, Cyborg had a lot, a lot of great stuff. Uh, Flash had some cool stuff. Aquaman had some stuff. Everyone had their own kind of character moments and small little arcs. So I, that's why I gave it four ultimately. In sense of yes, you know the the nightmare scenes really threw things off. But I think the characters at their core had interesting and compelling stories, and the villain did as well. And for me, that worked. And I think I'm willing to forgive some of the because it, it almost feels non-canon at this point, especially because there's no sequels. Like 
it's a weird dream timeline that this stuff happens in. Oh yeah, uh, Zack Snyder said this. There's never, there's not going to be a continuation, even though yeah. um, the Snyderverse is tw- is trending on Twitter. Yeah, so for me, I'm willing to forgive the nightmare scenes because I, I they haven't even really fully happened yet. So I'm, for me, I I say still characters for four. Um, I think I might also move mine up to four. Um, simply because, um, Ray Fisher, I know you're never going to listen to this, but, uh. Wow, you did a great job. You did a great job, Ray Fisher. You are an, you are a great actor. Yeah, he uh, he, he did amazingly. Um, Karen, uh, Kyron Hines, the guy who voiced Steppenwolf, did such a good job. Uh, you know, it's really insane. It was for me. What's crazy is looking on uh, Ray Fisher's IMDb. I mean, this is his role as Cyborg was outside of like a few minor credits here and there this is like his first big thing that he was in uh and and to 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 go into this and also just to get a little personal uh or not personal for me but uh outside of the movie the stance that he took uh for 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 this being his huge right i'd be like if after iron man 2 robert Downey jr was like you know what the studio isn't treating me fairly i'm i'm done um Granted, Cyborg wasn't as big as Iron Man, but still, I think that's just just crazy to see uh, yeah. and, and very, you know, uh, just props to him for also, standing up like that. His role in both movies, I know, like when it, when it first came out with what he was saying about what happened on set, um, everyone was just like, "Yeah, it's Cyborg. He doesn't have a big role in the movie." Of course, he, he's just mad because he didn't have a big role in the movie. Um, and then you watch the Snyder cut and yeah. see how like essential Cyborg was. Yeah, all the scenes were incredibly impactful. Like the relationship that he has between. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, I, I was cutting you off. Good. I was gonna say like the relationship that he had, like they show with his like father and his pa- like his parents, um, was very much missing in the Josh Whedon version because it just seemed like yeah, yeah Dot, you turned me into a monster for no reason. But seeing the relationship that he has with his parents and how his dad was never there for him and kind of his way to make it up. Like his dad's way to make it up to him by giving him a second chance was very was extremely yeah. important to include. Because the thing yeah, is, exactly. it annoyed me that they cut out those scenes, but they added a scene about like a random Russian family that we don't that has no purpose yeah. to be in the movie. It's a lot, yeah. Because Zack Snyder said that Cyborg is like the heart of the story. Um, and it's one thing that again I, I didn't know this first time around, but there's a lot of themes of father son or father child dynamics. And a lot of elements of a father's regret going into this, which mm-hmm. just knowing the background drama, which I don't know if we want to get into, just for the how kind of depressing that is, uh, you 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 can feel it's very impactful watching mm-hmm. it with that lens. Yeah, man. Uh, so I think oh, I think our our average for that is going to be four on characters. So, the average for okay. So, what's the so the total? You mean to look up? Sorry. So, so the average for the plot, John, is it would be three. Uh, we had said four on that one, or uh, three on that one. And then construction, it's a three. Yeah, we averaged three. Uh, for themes, we averaged one. And uh, on character four. So it looks like our final score is going to be an 11. 
which is silver, I believe. Yeah, that puts us. It's it's just barely. Wait on, for that. On the, that puts us in silver, which I think is fair. I think I think the Snyder Cut is certainly a silver movie. Yeah. Well, one. It's and... it's, uh, it's good. I absolutely recommend it if you can sit the four hours. Um, I think if this movie had released as is in a theater, one, it would have done poorly in the box office. Um, but I think this movie would have gotten a sequel. Yeah, me too. I get to 10. For the average of characters would be a three. We'll be like a, sorry. Let me see. My bad. It'll be a 3.3. And if we round it, it'll be a three. I was right. My uh, my understanding was we were just doing average as in um, mode, not mean. Oh. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, we, I don't know how we want to rule it exactly. Um, uh, the math can be tricky. My bad. Um, well, I, I don't take math classes. Hi. I graduated <laughs> as a psychology major and a broadcast print online media major. Um, what would be better? getting a more accurate score um i think we we might want to go with um the mode format average which is uh whatever score most people pick uh we go there and then um if everyone picks a different score going towards the center one so for example or there was a bit earlier i think it was um we had a, a three and a two and a one and that'd be a two on the average uh, and there, if there's a bit where it's, you know, four, four, and three, we might just want to go with four, just in terms of more um, going with the number that best represents the group as opposed to uh, the number that's the most in the middle. Okay. Because I, yeah, so, I think I an example of this would be um, if, if we had a, a panel of like five people and four of them said, you know, four for characters and one of them said one, it might be misrepresentative to, to call that like a, a 3.2 or whatever. Yeah, no worries. Okay, so we were sitting with an 11 for Zack Snyder's Justice League. So did it have a silver, you said? Silver. Yeah, that would put it uh, on on the brink, but it is a silver, which I think I, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that score. Um, I think it's it's higher than I ever would have expected, um, but I think it's what it deserves. Sweet. Um, next week, we're gonna get to do King Kong vs. Godzilla. Oh, does that movie come out? Yeah, I'm excited for that soon. Uh, I what I'm curious about for that movie is everyone has said there's a definitive winner between Godzilla and King Kong. And I just want to know who that is. I want to see if the, if the movie has bets? the if the movie is the cojones to really say one of them wins. Just put, put money on like, like boxing. The thing is, I want King Kong to win. Um, I also want King Kong to win because. But the thing is, Godzilla could like Godzilla's stronger. I think Godzilla it has nuclear breath, so yeah. it's just like what can yeah. You're God, a big monkey. God, yeah, King Kong's a strong <laughs> monkey, but Godzilla. Godzilla's. Did King Kong watch the movie? King of the Monsters? Um, sorry, babe, you don't. Also, I don't know if you saw Tom, Tom and Jerry. Um, 
really quick entertainment sue uh math for that um a one in plot um a two in construction um a one for themes and a one for characters yeah what is that at a two i haven't seen that movie but that sounds about what i've heard from everyone so bad but uh that's pretty much it for um stirring the pot i was called before the roll that's coming back um <laughs> Put in the comment section below your own version of our, our, our your own score that you have gotten for um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. What do you guys think it is? What uh, if you if you want to delve into the specifics for plot, construction, themes, or character, go ahead. Or if you just want to give your overall score and let us know what grade you give it, uh, I'm curious to see what other people think. Yeah. Okay. You guys have a good one. See ya. <laughs>